Oh God, we mean that with all our hearts. We have to stand on our tiptoes to let it all out. How great you are. There's nobody we have ever met like you. We have never had a friend like you. Oh God, how great, how very great you are. You're here. We're here. Do something in the synergy of this moment as we plunge into the Word. Hide my voice. Hide all the other voices and, and let it be your voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit that speaks to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 This last September, one of the students in our Berrien Springs High School committed suicide. Matthew Brahms was just 15 years old. On one of the social media sites, after his tragic death, this picture and this message were posted. I'll put Matthew's picture on the screen for you. The post is from a girl who calls herself, and she puts quotation marks around her name, Dolly. Matt, you were my best friend. The only person who, who even talked to me for the first three weeks, I went to Berrien Middle. You were the first person to ask if I was okay when I left in the middle of the year because I got sick. I'm so sorry. I never asked if you were okay. I'm so sorry that people are so, and then there's her youthful expletive, that you had to commit, and she leaves the word suicide out. I'm so sorry I was never there. I'm so blank sorry. I can't believe you're gone. But just know that I blank loved you. I still consider you my best friend. And I know I've said it a lot, but I'm sorry. I, I'm so in italics. Blank sorry. Please, Maddie come back. Everyone loves you. I know they were mean. I know. But you're better than them. You didn't have to take your own life. It was worth more than a few petty remarks made by some bullies. Signed, Dolly. When Ken Logan, our minister of music, sent this to me, my heart just ached. I don't know Matt. I don't know his family. I can only imagine his parents. And the heartbreak of this, this dolly, please, Maddie, come back. How'd she put it? You were my best friend. I wonder if he even knew it. Friends, they come and they go, don't they? Some of us have many. Some of us have few. 
Some of us have none. In the United Kingdom, researchers have been tracking a group of people who were born in the very, <clears throat> excuse me, in the very same week in 1948, uh, 58 rather. They began this longitudinal study, and by the way, the name of the study is the British National Child Development Study. They began the study when the kids were seven. They've been tracking them ever since. They surveyed them at the age of, at the age of 42, then again at the age of 45, and at the, at the age of 50. They're 54 right now. They asked them questions about their psychological health. They asked them about friends and relatives. How many times do you get together with these in a month? The research is fascinating. At least two of the conclusions I find extremely fascinating, and I want to share them with you right now. So take out your study guide. I want you to jot it down. I don't want you to just hear this. Write it down. Take out your study guide. Ushers, let's go. Make sure everybody here has a study guide up in the balcony as well. Make sure you get a study guide. I want you to have this information. And while we're making sure everybody here gets that study guide, I want to welcome those of you who are watching live streaming right now. We're delighted to have you. You're watching on television right now. Now, glad to have you too. Let me put our website on the screen for you so that you can get this same study guide and you can jot the statistics down. If we'll put that on the screen for you. There we go. You see the website there, www, right at the bottom, www.pmchurch.tv. You're looking for a brand new miniseries beginning right now. The number two, the capital letter B, the word friends, to be friends, just a little three-parter as we plunge into this new season together. The title of today's uh, segment is, is Ready or Not, Here We Grow. Ready or Not, Here We Grow. When you click onto that, you'll see study guide, click on the study guide. You get the same. You, you'll have the same statistics. So you're getting them here. You're getting it online. Good. Let's go. Let's jot it down. I want you to have these stats. The British National Child Development Study... You see that there in your study guide. A longitudinal study tracking individuals born in the same week in 1958 reported just this last year, 2012, that 40% of the men, get that number down, 40% of the men and roughly a third of the women said that they now have more than six friends and relatives they get together with once a month or more. Four out of ten of them say, yeah, I got six, I got six. Six out of ten, ten of them said, no, I don't, I don't have six. I just don't. Interesting. Keep writing. Regarding psychological health, these people, the ones who had six or more friends and relatives they get together with once a month at least, these people ranked themselves significantly happier than the others with less friends. Now, that's not so huge to, to conclude. I mean, I can figure that one out. But keep going. The researchers concluded, and this is a direct quote from the uh, report, having fewer than five friends at age 45 predicted significantly poorer psychological well-being at age 50. It catches up to you. Low friends now, lower psychological health, your own self-interpretation. But here's the one. For a university community like ours, this is the one that struck me. Watch this. Jot it down. The less education men had, the more likely they were to have a larger social network. Isn't that amazing? The less education, the more friends. Now, with the women, notice this, but with the women, the exact opposite was true. Less education, less friends. 
Amazing. The more education we get, the tighter and tighter becomes our little circle. Now, why am I sharing that with you? Because, listen, I'm all for education. Let's go gung-ho, guys and ladies. Let's, let's max it out. But because friendship is so critical to us as human beings, that means those of us that have this extra education, we got to work extra hard to keep our friendship circles getting bigger. We can't just sit back because I'm getting busy and I have fewer and fewer pe time to socialize. We have to keep working at it. One more line from the research, being single. Being single was associated with a smaller circle of friends. So here's the question. How many friends do you have? Just think about it right, right now. How many friends do you have? How many would fit into that? I get together at least once a month with family and friends. How many do you have? Many? Few? None? Here's the other question. How many would Jesus want us to have? Many? Few? None? I want to invite you to join with me and let's listen in on that conversation. Dark Thursday night. Jesus alone with the 11. Should have been 12, but one of them has already slipped out into the dark night and is about to betray, he, he does not know this, he is about to betray the very best friend he has ever had in his life. He's going to sell him for 30 pieces of silver. Let's listen in on that conversation. The Gospel of John, chapter 15. Open your Bible to John 15, the upper room, the orange flicker of the shadows dancing on the ceiling, the walls, and the floor. Jesus and the 11. Let's listen in. John chapter 15, you didn't bring a Bible, grab the Pew Bible in front of you. It's going to be page 727 in the Pew Bible. I'm in the New King James Version. Listen, I'm just glad you have a Bible. Pull out that uh, smartphone, come on. You brought your little uh, tablet today because you're so excited you got a new one for Christmas. Pull it out. Let's use it right now. I'm proud of you. All right, John chapter 15, let's pick it up in verse 12. You have a red letter Bible? Ooh, this is bright red. These are all Jesus' words. John chapter 15, verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another. Didn't we learn a song like that in, in, in Sabbath school? Yeah, this is where it came from. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Verse 14, you, Jesus, talking to you and me, you are my friends. If you do, but I command you. Verse 15, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Verse 16, you didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things, verse 17, I command you that you love one another. A cluster of an overheard conversation bookended by two identical bookends. This is my command that you love one another. This is my command that you love one another. And in between the bookends about loving each other, a teaching about being friends. Does this mean we have, to, we have to all be BFFs? No. Because it's impossible for every human being to be your best friend forever. He's not saying that. He's saying be friends with everyone that I've commanded you to love. That'd be pretty much everyone. No matter who one another is. In my book, The 11th Commandment, I share a letter a woman wrote to me once. Here, here's the letter. Dear Pastor Nelson, about five years ago, 
Another close friend of mine died of AIDS. So you got the picture. His name was Jack, and he died at the age of 34. Jack was baptized as an Adventist about 15 months before he died, and I knew him mainly from the weekly prayer meetings. Jack was infected with HIV several years prior to his joining the church. He never knew he had HIV until he got pneumonia. He survived the pneumonia, met some neighbors of his who were Adventists, and came into the church through them. Hallelujah. Unfortunately, she goes on. A few members of the church couldn't accept Jack because he had AIDS. Some stopped going to church and prayer meetings because he was there, and they feared catching AIDS from the air or sitting in the same room as him. My former pastor tried very hard to educate these people, but they didn't want to hear it. When pastor spent time in the hospital with Jack every day before he passed away, you go, pastor, whoever you are. When he spent time in the hospital with Jack every day before he passed away, they would say something like, Oh, I hope our pastor won't get AIDS in the hospital and then come back and give it to all of us. She writes, How angels must weep in heaven for the hardness of hearts, even of professed Christians. Then her conclusion, Thank the Lord, Jack remained faithful until the end and even had a spirit of love and forgiveness toward those members who shunned him. End quote. What did Jesus just say here in verse 12? This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. You know what? Maybe you and I would have more friends if you and I were more friendlier. Not a word from Jesus about who isn't good enough to be my friend. Just a quiet command in verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Oh, Jesus, how have you loved us? Verse 13, look at it. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Verse 14, and you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Can you believe that? He's looking into your face. He's looking into my heart that's really off key. And he's saying, you are my friend. I mean, what kind of a friend is he? If he says, I'm his friend, that means he's, my, he's a friend. What kind of a friend is he? I want to ask you something. Have you, ever had a friend as, have you ever had a friend as great as this friend that you have? Is there anybody that you can tell me who has given his life to make sure that you could keep your life? I predict if we went through this congregation pew by pew, soul by soul, we wouldn't have one, maybe a long shot. Between both services, we'd have one. Well, yes, yeah, somebody did die for me. How are you ever going to have a greater friend than he? Truly, Jesus. Come on, guys. Truly, he, truly, 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 he is our BFF, our best friend forever. Huh? Isn't he? Our best friend forever. You know, I used to think that uh, this verse 13, I used to think, you know what verse 13 is? This is, a, this is kind of an e execution eve announcement, gentlemen, tomorrow I'm going to lay down my life for you, so I'll be a friend. That's what I thought. Until I got a new translation over the holidays. I love to get new translations. Unfortunately, another new one came out this last year. You can get it at the ABC. You can get it up at Parable Bookstore. It's called The Voice. 
And as I'm reading the voice, you're going to like it. As I'm reading the voice, I read verse 13 and 14 together. And suddenly I'm looking at this in a whole new way. I'll put it on the screen for you, and it's in your study guide. Here's the voice. Verse 13. This is Jesus speaking, of course. There is no greater way to love than to give your life for your friends. He's making a point, not about himself so much as he is about you and me. Look at verse 14. You celebrate our friendship if you obey this command. Keep your pen moving. In other words, when you read verse 13 and 14 together, Jesus isn't so much describing his death the next day as he is commanding our willingness to die for our friends any day. I just gave you a command in verse, verse 13. So you're my friend if you do what I just commanded you, which is anybody, lay down your life as I have loved you. You lay down your life for them too. Wow. What do you command me to do, Jesus? Lay down your life for your friends. Craig Keener, the New Testament scholar, so I'm checking him out after I find this, and it's kind of growing in my mind. I said, I wonder, does this hold? Craig Keener says, you bet it holds. Let me put his words on the screen. You have it in your uh, study guide. You need to fill it in. John 15, 12 is emphatic that believers must love one another in the same way that Jesus loved them, which means dying for their friends as Jesus would die for them. In other words, what Jesus is calling us to do, uh, ladies and gentlemen, he's, call, he's calling us to be friends with one another. Once we establish that reality, he says you need to love so much. I don't care who that friend is, so much that you'd be willing to lay down your life for that, for that friend. A handful of red-letter verses. Tucked away in John 15. That is a moving, as it turns out to be, a moving soliloquy about love and friends and fruit. Did you catch the fruit? Pick it up in verse 14 again. Look at this. Isn't this amazing? You are my, this is verse 14, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Verse 15, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. But I have called you. I've called you friends for all things that I heard from my Father I have, made, I have made known to you. See, that's what friends do. I'm going to tell you something I haven't told anybody else. I just want you to know this. That's what friends are. Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Messed up as I am, Jesus, you chose me. I chose you, boy. You didn't choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear Fruit. Whoa. You should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give you. Finally, verse 17, these things I command you. Other bookend, that you love one another. Did you catch that? Fruit, fruit, fruit. Come on, I'm going to ask you a little quiz here. This is a one-question one quiz. What do friends and fruit have in common? Come on. What do friends and fruit have in common? You have to grow them both. Would you write that down, please? You must grow them both. Friends and fruit are all about grow, which is why John 15, this, this, this grand peak in the New Testament, that's why it has verse 5. I am the vine, you are the... How's it go? I am the vine, you are the branches. You abide in me, I abide in you. If you abide in me, you're going to bear much. What's the word? F fruit. In fact, without me, you can do nothing. That's why fruit is tucked in with friends. 
because friends and fruit are all about growing. First you connect to the vine, then you connect to your friends, and thus you grow your fruit and your friends. Jot it down, because friends and fruit are all about growing. What's so amazing to me is that the New Testament church, just like that, they got it. You remember Day of Pentecost, okay, you, you remember Day of Pentecost. Peter, uh, Peter is preaching his heart out because the Holy Spirit just got poured out. And how many people connected with Christ for the first time? Come on, tell me. How many people on that single day connected with Christ for the first time? Baptized. How many? You don't remember? Well, I'll show you. We're just, look, we're just within, we're within striking distance, just a few pages further, Acts chapter 2. Look at this. Amazing. They got it. Boy, these, they got it. This is Acts chapter 2, day of Pentecost. Peter's wrapping up his sermon. This is the last sentence. Verse 38, Acts 2, 38. All right? Then Peter said to them, repent. What's the repent mean? You got to turn around. I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. You turn around. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. It's a 180 degree turn. That's what the Greek means. 180 degrees. Turn this baby around. You're going the wrong way. Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. If you have not been baptized in the year 2013, I have good news for you. There are a few weeks left. You can be baptized. He's already calling your heart. You can say yes to him. Repent and be baptized. So he's, he's wrapping up. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, for the wiping out, the cleansing, the forgiveness of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? Verse 41, then those who gladly received his, Peter's word, were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Wow. Can you believe that? 3,000 brand new disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. 3,000 brand new young. They're only hours old spiritually. 3,000 brand new young radical followers, because that's what it means to be a disciple, to be a radical follower of the Lord Jesus. They connected to him simultaneously, 3,000 of them on the same day. And the moment they connect to the vine, guess what? They begin to grow. Connect, grow, and they start growing. How do they pull off this growing business? Well, look at the next verse, verse 42. And they, these 3,000, can you imagine 3,000 packed into that space? Brand new church. And they, they weren't all new. You had 120 people in the upper room. They're, 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 they're veterans with Jesus, so you don't have to be brand new to experience this. But verse 42, and they, the infant church, continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers, Verse 43, then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Verse 44, now all who believed were together and had all things in common. Verse 45, and so they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily, verse 46, daily continuing with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praising God, verse 47, and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Can you believe it? 3,000 young and old connect with Christ for the first time, and immediately they're immersed into this strategic plan to grow. 
What's the, what's the strategic plan? Let's put it on the screen. Number one, they share the word. It's the first thing they do. They share the word. Number two, they share fellowship. They're together. Number three, they share food. Oh, I like that one. Number four, they share prayers. And by the way, notice the common word, share, 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 because you grow always in the context of others. Share. You connect with God, here's how you grow. You connect with God in the Word. You connect with God through the Word and through prayer, and you connect with each other through food and fellowship. And just as Jesus taught in John 15, in fact, jot this down, will you? It's just, it's a, they got it, they got it. Just as Jesus taught, jot it down. First you connect with me, he says, and then you connect with each other, and thus you grow. Connect, grow. And by the way, if we kept reading the book of Acts, you know what we would find out? This is really how those disciples live. Connect, grow, serve, go. Ever heard of that before? Connect, grow, serve, go. The whole book of Acts. It's what it means to be a radical follower of Jesus. One of our young adults here took that theme, this simple but radical mission of this university congregation, those four words, connect, grow, serve, go. One of our young adults, Jonathan LaPointe, took those four words. He said, let me show you how you become a disciple of Jesus. What's the mission of this university congregation? Exactly as he put it right here on this animation that he crafted. Church is more than just a building. It's about people. Here at Pioneer, we believe in helping transform this generation to be more like Jesus through four steps. Step one, connect. Connect with God through biblical teaching and inspiring worship. Step two, grow. Grow in your relationship with God and others by joining a grow group. These groups cover a wide variety of interests, so we're sure there's one waiting for you. Step three, serve. There are countless ways to serve here in the church and in the neighborhood. The best place to serve is where you're using your God-given gifts, talents, and passions. Pioneer has the volunteer teams to help you do just that. And finally, go. This step moves you outside the church and into your world through opportunities provided by our grow groups, local partnerships, and public outreach events to bring the world to Christ. Isn't that neat? Because that's what it is. That's how we, we got that from the book of Acts. That's how you become a radical follower of Christ. Whether you're 18 or 88, it doesn't matter. That's what you do. You connect, you grow, you serve, you go. It's all about discipleship. It's all about, oh, Jesus, I want to track you. And so that's why this last year we, we, we got to the first step. We got connect. And you remember last February we, entered, we introduced this little connect card. We've been using those ever since at the end of every sermon. And we rejoice before God with the 66 people who last year used the Connect card and got baptized. They got baptized last year. But it's not enough to connect. It's not enough. Come on. If God wanted us to only connect with Him, He would have put all of us in, in convents and monasteries and said, just connect with me. That's all you need to do. It's not enough. We were made for each other. You've got to connect with Him, and we've got to connect with one another. Connect, grow, serve, go. Jesus says, look, you are my friend, so I want you to love, love one another as I have loved you. You must connect with me, the vine. You must connect with each other. 
And only in that way will you grow. And by the way, it's my Father's will that you really, really grow. Look at verse 8, same chapter. We'll put it on the screen. John chapter 15, verse 8. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. I want you to really grow so that you'll be my disciples. It's all about being radical followers of Jesus. 18, 88, in between, it doesn't matter. Probably ought to say 12 and 92. It doesn't matter. That's what it means. Connect, grow, serve, go. So today... I'm kind of excited about this. We're introducing the next step. Connect. We got that going now. Grow. Whether you've just started walking with Jesus a few weeks ago, or you've been walking with him for years, or you never have started a friendship with him at all, this is for you. And that's why I'm really jazzed about this little book that was put in your worship bulletin. If you came in here and you didn't get a worship bulletin, we've got some of the friendliest ushers in this town and in the world who are ready to serve you. Hold your hand up. I want everybody to get it. I'm so excited about this. Look at this. 50 pages. What in the world is this all about? Let's find out. I wish we had the time to, to, to read page after page together. I went through last night, because this just rolled off the presses yesterday. I went through last night. I said, oh, man. Oh, oh how, come I can't, how come I have to be teaching one of these and I can't be taking one of these? Look at that. I can't believe it. Racquetball? You got racquetball in here? Can you really grow through racquetball? I guess you can. All right, that's Chapman Jose and Pastor Mike. He's going to carve some new territories. Anyway, have fun going through this. You're going, to get, you're going to get blessed just looking at this. I know what you're thinking. You're saying, okay, is this about students? Answer, yep. Is this about faculty? But of course. Is this about community? You got it. In fact, we have faculty, students, and community all leading these grow groups. Oh, so then if I'm a student, i got to find a student group and I join that group. No, you can join any old group you wish. Oh, if I'm a faculty member, do I have to stay with the faculty members who, who's leading the group? No, you can join a student group. Community, ditto, ditto, ditto. Look at all the choices. You can't believe it. So what's the big deal about this? Well, by the way, let me say a word of thanks to uh, Pastor Esther and Carolyn Strzokowski, and Rochelle Offenbach, design this, Nick Wolfer. I want to, to our student leaders, Bimbo and CJ, thank you guys, and to the hundreds of people who are now going to be leading. Bless you. Uh, here, here's, rather than go through this page by page, let me share with you in closing five VIP points, very important points. You've got to jot these down. Five VIP points about grow groups, all right? Five of them. Number one, grow groups are about friendship not intimacy. Oh, boy, that's an important one. Because, you see, that means these are not your grandfather's small groups. Listen very carefully. In the past, the emphasis has been on getting a little bit touchy-feely. The small group of people, five or six, you get very close. No more. No more. Because, number one, men aren't interested in that. And, number two, neither are the women. So, we're not going to do that. Forget it. These are going to be large groups, 15 to 20 in a group. It's a circle of new friends. You're going to love it. None of this kind of close examination. Now, you want intimacy, get married. That's the point. You want intimacy, just get married. You don't join our grow groups for intimacy. By the way, do I have to be a member of Pioneer to join these groups? Are you kidding? We're, all, we're from all over the world. 
Do I have to be a member of your denomination to join these groups? Not on your life. Everybody joins. You're going to love it. You got, you, got, you got choice after choice after choice. Okay, grow groups about new friends. So that's, that's very important point number one. They are about friendship, not intimacy. Here comes number two. Grow groups are about short term, not lifelong. Whew. In the old small groups, you pledge to belong to each other until death do you part. Oh, deliver me. <laughs> that's how people felt. No more. No more. This is a university congregation. We live with a cycle of semesters. These are going to be semester long, 10 to 12 weeks, and then the group disbands. Finis. It's gone. You get a few weeks to relax. A new catalog will come back and say, oh, man, I'd like to, I'd like to, I want to be radical for Jesus. I don't know how to be a contagious Adventist. I, I want to get in that one. You get in it. It's going to move on a cycle we're all very comfortable with. By the way, if you want to stay lifelong friends, you've got a bunch of BFFs that want to track with you, that's fine. You just have to make sure that you sign up for the same groups and you have to get in there before they cut off because they're cutting, they will cut off as soon as 15 to 20. It's over. Yeah, you can hang together, of course. Okay, here's very important point number three. They are about interesting, not boring. Why? Because you get to choose the grow group theme that you're, you're kind of interested in. I'd like to, I'd really like to do that. I would like to know that. I'd like to grow in that way. Oh, you're going to love it. You, nobody's going to tell you which group you got to join. Nobody's going to pick the theme for you. You do it all. You pick. That leads to grow group uh, VIP point number four. They are about growing spiritually and socially. Just like Acts 2, every group in this book, every group is going is to is share the same four essentials. Some time in the Word, group time in the Word, group time in prayer, group time for socializing and friendship, group time for food. So you need to remember, Acts 2 that we just read is about social, spiritual and social. A lot of people forget the social part. They say, oh, it's just spiritual. No, it's not. You're friends. So that's why every grow group, listen to this, Every grow group is required to take one of its 10 to 12 meetings and do nothing but have fun. Socialize, party, dinner, you choose. That's what you're going to do. Oh, and by the way, every grow group will also give one, devote one time to an outreach project together. Nothing that you have to do on your own. Oh, I've got to go. Do, no, no, we, it's, it, we will do it together. Go. Remember, serve, go. We'll have a project. We will go together. Yeah, very okay, final one. Very important, very important point number five. Grow groups are about growing together, not growing alone. Key point. Write that in, please. We need each other. God made us for each other. There are no lone rangers in the kingdom of God. The only thing you have with a lone ranger is an alone ranger. Jesus said, I didn't make you to be alone. I made you to have friends. I made you to, I made you to thrive with others. He calls us together. So I, so I need to disabuse you, perhaps, of the notion that you don't need others to grow spiritually. I'll just go in my little corner. I'll just be like a, like a hermit. I'll just live in that little corner and I'll grow. No, 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 you can't. You cannot grow to the full orb person God has dreamed you to be. You need other people. You, know, you want to be in a group of young mothers? Get in, a, get in that group of young mothers. Why not? Be with other people. 
girl groups, what are they? Casual, warm, a way, a God-given way to grow together. I tell you, when I, got that, uh, when I got that posting on that social media site about Matt's suicide from Dolly, how did Dolly pull it? I still consider you my best friend. Did he know? Did you ever tell him, please come back, Maddie. Please, Maddie, come back. Listen, don't wait. Don't wait. Don't live alone. Share the journey. Ten weeks, you'll be the better. You'll be the stronger for it. Let me end with this quotation. Put it on the screen. Desire of Ages. You got it in your study guide. I love this. Love to people is the earthward manifestation of the love of God. It was to impart this love for people, to make us children of one family, that the King of glory, that would be our Lord Jesus, came, became one with us. And when His parting words are fulfilled, love one another as I have loved you. We just read that, John 15, 12. When we love the world around us as He loved it, then for us His mission is accomplished. We are fitted for heaven, for we have heaven in our hearts. Isn't that beautiful? We're fitted for heaven because you've got heaven in your heart. That getting ready for heaven, that's what GROW is all about. So I wish you'd pull out your Connect card today, would you? Let's, let's, let's end with this. Pull out the Connect card. It's in your, in your worship bulletin. You're used to this drill now. Guess you're not used to this, but we end every, every teaching here before we hurry out of this sanctuary with this Connect card. It's tucked away in your worship bulletin. Pull out your Connect card. Old-timers, new-timers, guests, friends, everybody. We, we, we fill out the front of the card. Just put enough information there that's, that's important. And by the way, if you want a link that we're going to talk about in just a second, make sure we have your email address right here. Make sure it's legible. We will send that link to you. Turn the, turn the card over because this is the big deal side. My next step, we call this the next step side of the card. Here are three suggested next steps. Now, uh, box number one, I want a growing friendship with Jesus that bears fruit for him. Is there anybody here who says, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't want that? No, of course, we all want that. Put a check mark there. I want a growing friendship with Jesus that bears fruit for him. Here's, here's box number two. I would like to join a grow group. Really, Dwight, I want to try this. I want to think about it some more. I didn't get the catalog or I have the catalog, but I'd like to have the PDF online. Just, just put a check mark there. We'll send the link. You got this all online. You can register online. You can do it all, just all electronically. Put a check mark there if you want, you want the link, and uh, we'll send that to you. Uh, box number three. I want to put this here because, look, it says, I'd like to join this grow group. Some of you are already just looking. Some of you were looking through the whole sermon. You were looking at this. But you, you say, you know, I've got to be in that group. I just got to be in that group. Write the number right now. You, you get in. You get immediately on, on, in, into the group. In fact, put three choices because these groups are going to fill out. So just, hey, if I can't get in that one, I'd like to get in this one next. If I can't, then this would be my third choice. We do that. And by the way, make sure you put SU. Somebody put it, somebody first service put in 01. Well, 01 is the first of a day, but there's seven 01s. So if Sunday's your big day and you like Sundays, and that's what the SU and the MO and the T and so on, Make sure you have the day, those initials first, and then the number. And we'll, you'll go down. Uh, so you have choice one, choice two, and choice three. Now listen, I want to pray. 
but not before I noticed the other box. There's another box right here. We were just talking about a friendship with Jesus, and some of you immediately, as soon as we started talking about a friendship with Jesus, you said, man, I, 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 I'm not really friends with him. I, I don't know much about a friendship with Jesus. I've heard people talk about it, but you know what, my friend? If you will put a check mark, I promise you, if you put a check mark, I'm interested in beginning a friendship with Jesus, you put a check mark right here in that first box by email. Within 48 hours, we'll send you a packet that will enable you to grasp. You'll know what it means to be a friend of Jesus. It's that simple. Why wait? Why not start the new year out on your best foot walking with Him? You can have that friendship. It's that simple. I called you friends. He's already called you a friend in advance of your decision. And I want to draw your attention to the second box. I'm interested in baptism. I'm interested in information about baptism. Look at the day of Pentecost. 3,000 people connected Jesus at one time. You said, you know, I, Dwight, I've never connected with Jesus through baptism. This year, I'd like to think about it. You put a check mark here. Now, on the day of Pentecost, they all got baptized the same day. Not here. We'll, we'll take as much time as you need. 66 people last year said, I want to, and they were. I'd, I'd like to invite you to be one of those like the day of Pentecost. Make your decision. Put a check mark there. I want to pray with you. Let's ask God to take all of this. Help us to know how to share the journey with Him and with each other. Dear God, that's what we want to know, how to share the journey with you, connect, and how we connect with others and grow. We want to be disciples. Jesus said, you go into all the world and make disciples. We want to be what gets made. We want to grow as radical followers, whether we're 12 or 92 or anywhere in between. We want to grow. And so, dear God, I pray for every man, woman, young adult, teenager here. There's a group that would be just perfect for him, just perfect for her. Lead them to that group. They go online or do it on this card or whatever. Just, just open the door to an incredible journey come next month. What we know, Father, is we want to keep growing and growing and growing. And we don't want anybody here to think nobody wants to be a friend with me. Help us to find those people while there's time and be the friend Jesus has called us to be. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.